0: Welcome to the Let's Eat Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. Welcome to the Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is to help you land your dream job and live your best life. We're going to cover four psychology-backed ways to land the interview. This is going to be specific for job seekers, so if you're in a job search, I would listen up here. I know we're also doing our energy series, which is all about the brain, so I thought this would be perfect timing to introduce this podcast episode. In fact, we just published an article on our blog by Jeff Beckham entitled, Four Ways to Understand Your Brain and Gain an Edge in Job Hunting. This article was based off the insights from PhD Art Markman after he wrote his book, Bring Your Brain to Work, Using Cognitive Science to Get a Job, Do It Well, and Advance in Your Career. How related to Career Warriors is that? That's awesome. I'm going to leave a link to both pieces of content within this description, but I also thought it would be good to boil it down for you in podcast form and offer my own commentary from the key points of the article. And let's get right to it. First of all, I just want to give my commentary on why I think having psychology principles can be so important in the job search. And this is something that Jeff mentioned in the article here, but no one really teaches us how to search for a job or to be a good career warrior or job seeker when we're going to school. In fact, it blows my mind how many courses are devoted to very specific subjects that we'll never use and the ones like how to get a job, which is arguably one of the most important professional skills out there that everyone needs. This professor had a solid go-to line. It says, pretty much everyone has a mind, he likes to say, but no one knows how it works. Psychology, however, can teach us some useful things about office life. And the first of those is how understanding ourselves and others can give us an advantage while we're job hunting. And in the article, it says, psychology, however, can teach us some useful things about office life. And the first of those is how understanding ourselves and others can give us an advantage when we're job hunting, end quote. So we're going to launch into the four specific things that I think are going to be just really useful for all of us in our job search. And there are some psychological principles. I would highly recommend looking them up if you want to further convict yourself about the truth of some of these things here. But I think this can be a really big game changer for a lot of us in our job search. The first thing mentioned is a role-playing exercise, and I call it playing recruiter. You've heard me say this on the podcast, that the average recruiter will spend seconds on your resume in the beginning stages. The good news is that Dr. Art Markman confirmed everything I've said here and put some science behind why we need to apply this to our resume writing. When you are applying for a position, Markman says that we should play a role-playing exercise says, imagine what it's like on the other side of the application process. The recruiter is receiving your resume. They're getting hundreds of resumes for just one job opening. In our episode with Clara Corley, she says that the average corporate job position gets around 120 resumes. So that means the number one goal for a person who is looking through all these resumes is to filter out. They are just trying to filter out the people that are not going to To work, And this is where ATS software comes into play and we'll cover that in a second. Scientists call this approach task compatibility. According to Dr. Markman, when people don't really focus on the end goal, which is to find the ideal candidate for the position, but to focus on the task instead, however short-sighted or narrow-minded that might be. And in this case, the task would be to weed out potentially 100 different candidates that are not going to be a good fit for the job. So even though a recruiter does really want to find the best person, the best candidate for the job, really their primary, most urgent goal is to reject as many candidates as humanly possible. And I've always been a proponent for including reasons for people to say yes to you as a candidate, but we also need to make sure to reduce the amount of things that might make people say no to you as a candidate. I'll comment just on some things that I've seen in the past when I'm looking over resumes. And this is a really tough one because I know a lot of us just want to include more information on a resume, but a lot of us are including things that may not be good. A good example of this was a client I had in the past that would go through every single one of her positions and let them know why she ended up leaving the position. And I know this made a lot of sense to this person because they they really wanted to provide a really good, well-detailed reason. However, when you looked at some of the phrasing and reasons why, every single time I read one of these lines, it looked like a reason to throw the resume out. And I actually recommended that this person remove this completely and keep the resume short, value-packed, and keep it simple. And this ended up helping the candidate get noticed and get a job this is something that I've seen. Another common one I'll see is when people from another country will put that they are qualified to work within the country and that they can help out with the visa. And I totally get why you would say something like this. It's because you're trying to let employers know and be forthright. However, at the same time, it may be another reason for someone to throw your resume in the trash because they're worried that you might be a little bit more complicated than usual. So, look through all of your resumes and look through it over and over again and try to find those liabilities. Is there something that if you're putting yourselves in their shoes that you might see as something to hold you back or a reason for them to say no? Highly recommend doing that. Okay. Thing number two that they recommended the article is using their language. So Art Markman talks about this psychological factor called processing fluency. It shows that the easier someone can think about something, the better they like it. So it's almost like this principle in marketing where they tell you, you need to write at the third grade level because anything beyond that will be too complicated in a saturated market. So with processing fluency, the concept is that hiring decision makers like it when you're making their lives easier by simplifying phrasing. I'll definitely comment on this. I I agree with this for the most part. I think that keeping your phrasing simple, concise, and short does help with the hiring process. In fact, I think those resumes that are very wordy and have just sentence upon sentence, um, so a bullet point with two or three lines, and it's just overly complicated. I think those are the things that are just going to get you know glazed over and ignored. However, I would be careful to dumb it down too much. Art Markman actually recommends looking at the job descriptions and almost, I wouldn't say copying and pasting, but almost mirroring exactly the same type of language that the job descriptions are using. And the problem with this is that a lot of these job descriptions are being copied and pasted and being done really terribly by hiring managers. And I wouldn't recommend copying some of the same things that hiring managers doing just by the nature of it's just really bad phrasing. But I would recommend trying to use some of the same jargon or language that these job descriptions are using oftentimes because these are keywords that are being searched for a myriad of reasons. You really want to make sure that you are being specific, but keeping your sentences very short. So short value-packed sentences So if you ended up working for an IT department on a project, don't just mention that project. Don't just talk about how it was very useful. Talk about how many hours of time or what percentage of productivity it increased, how many dollars it saved. I don't know. Whatever it is, make sure that it is a results-oriented bullet point. And I've said that from the start. Just make sure it's simplified and eh, I wouldn't say dumbed down, but (laughs) simplified in a way that recruiters can process easily. Thing number three mentioned in the article slash by Dr. Art Markman is avoiding the presenter's paradox. Have you ever heard the expression that less is sometimes more? Well, this is certainly true when it comes to resumes. The presenter's paradox is when the presenter, and in this case, the job seeker, thinks that more is better and will cram every little good thing that they've done in their career into the resume. This is especially common with people when they are writing their own resume, they are biased. And uh, the presenter's paradox basically says that we have a tendency to include every positive thing when in reality, it makes more sense from the recruiter's perspective to see less. And in the article, it says, quote, so to a recruiter, four things that are great are better than four things that are great. Plus one thing that's eh. going back to it because the whole liability thing, the one thing that's eh might end up watering down your other value-based accomplishments, and it may even be a liability and a reason for someone to say no. I'll comment, and this is something that I've said from the very beginning of this podcast, I've been a proponent of being value-packed. And if you go back to our, I believe it's our ninth episode where we talk about how long a resume should be, my belief is that the resume should be as short as possible, but as long as it needs to be. And I tend to say as short as possible for a reason, and that's because of the same theory of the presenter's paradox. The more things that we're including within a resume, the more likely it is that we're going to really water down the few key things that are really going to get us noticed and get us hired. So look to your resume right now. um, And what I might do as an exercise is to break out a highlighter and highlight some of the absolute best things in your resume that will make you a fit for the position And highlight those things and pause for a second, take a breath, maybe walk away from your paper for a second and come back to it and look at every single one of those things that you did not highlight and ask yourself, are these things that are going to be relevant for the positions you're applying for? Are they going to be the things that get a hiring decision maker to say yes? I think a lot of us are going to realize that we have a lot to cut out from our resumes. Believe me, I know it's tough. If you worked on that project in 2006 so hard and it was transformational and it was huge and you poured your life and soul and your guts into it and it was crazy, of course you'd want to talk about that, but to lose our egos here and to lose our pride just for one second and ask ourselves, is this something that is going to make a recruiter who is spending a few seconds on a resume's max actually say yes, might be a really big thing to help us in our job search. So going back to it, make sure the content of your resume is tailored and targeted rather than every good thing about you. Look closely at the job postings that you're applying for and see how closely of a match your resume is for those job postings. All right. The other key principle in the article is the idea of a reason-based choice. A reason-based choice means that Quote, when people will have to justify the choices they make, they'll look for a reason for those choices. A recruiter will have to justify to the company why they've decided to bring you in for an interview or recommend you for a job, and they'll need to give you a specific reason. End quote. So this is really where it flips over from recruiters are filtering you out to recruiters are looking for that one really good reason to select you above all the other candidates. This is where I think the cover letter comes into play because, yes, it is true that recruiters are skipping over a lot of the cover letters because they're in the filtering stages, but after they narrow it down, I would venture to say that that cover letter can really come into play as the one thing to set you apart from the other 5, 10 candidates that they're deciding over. In the cover letter, you're really looking to give people that one reason to get you over to the interview stage. So this is why I recommend time and time again, getting specific towards the company. What really is that one reason why you are a good fit for that company? Is it because you've done some digging and know that the company is trying to build their supply chain department and you have the history of building up a similar department in the past and you can apply it to their company and make their company money? Because I think that's a really compelling reason. It's incredibly important. A recruiter really needs to justify why they're bringing you in for an interview because interviews take time. They probably cost the organization money because hiring is not cheap. What I recommend is giving one really good reason to do so. And this can be a really big game changer in your job search. All right. So these are four psychology backed ways to land the interview. So we have Um, This role-playing exercise where we play recruiter and test our resume to see what are some reasons why someone would say no to it. We have using their language by simplifying our phrasing. We have avoiding the presenter's paradox by cutting out the things that are not directly relevant, although we may love them. And we also have giving a reason-based choice in our resumes for why we should have the interview. And I believe that these four principles can be a really big game changer in our job search here. And I recommend checking out the article that I'm going to post. Um, It's going to basically summarize all these things so you can come back to them. I'm going to give a link to the book as well. So hope you found this to be useful, especially for those who are psychology obsessed and just think that this this stuff is amazing. Um, I think by understanding the human brain and how we interact with each other as humans, we could really learn a lot. And improve our lives and the lives of others so hopefully more of that stuff to come in later episodes thank you so much for joining us here today if you like what you hear and you're not a subscriber yet make sure to hit that button because we have some really amazing episodes coming up we generally publish on mondays and thursdays and if you like what you hear make sure to leave a review i would love to hear from you and i'll see you next time and for more on your job search, make sure to check out let's That's where you can find our blog, where we post the podcast show notes and so many more articles that will help you in your job search. You can also check out our resume services. If you are interested in getting your resume professionally reworked and please make sure to show us some love by jumping onto iTunes and leaving us a rating. The support from my fellow warriors will show the world how great this podcast is and help other people in their job search pay it forward. Thanks guys for being true warriors and thank you for tuning in. I'll see you next week.